Welcome to today's episode of Between Means and Deans. My name is Nina, and I'm joined by my best friend, partner, and baby daddy, Dayon. And together, we're a couple of 20-something-year-olds just trying to navigate this whole first-time parenting thing. So we're laying it all out there and talking about all the things you wish your parents told you about love, sex, and happiness. So this week's topic is something that I've thought a lot about for the last couple of weeks and it's mostly just because I've been seeing a lot of infographics and memes on Instagram about reparenting. So this idea is not super new to me, like I think it was introduced to me when I was in school like at UBC studying like parent relationships and family development. And reparenting is essentially the act of giving yourself something that you didn't receive as a child. So usually that's um, affirmation, love, whatever it is. And for me, I was reading a lot of these infographics and I was like, oh my god, like there's so much about my childhood that I still carry with me to this day and I see it manifesting in my relationship with you. I see it manifesting in my relationship um, not necessarily to Blue yet, because I think he's a little too young. He's way too young. He's way too young. Um, but I have a fear that I might carry the same trauma yeah. that I had in childhood into my relationship with my and own your, child. And your parenting style. Yeah, and it's like, that's the thing, is that it's intergenerational trauma. Like, it was carried probably from my parents' parents and their parents' parents, you know? Mm. And, like, I want to be the one to break it because I'm aware of it. I don't know that they were aware of it, you know? Because I think that a lot of this idea of reparenting is something that's very new, um, at least in the mainstream. And I don't say any of this to like place blame on my parents. Like I had, from what I can remember, like a really amazing childhood and I love my parents to death. We have a great relationship. And, you know, the way that I was raised is all that I really know. But at the end of the day, like I know that I was loved and I know that my parents did the best that they could with the resources that they had and the love that was available to them, you know, and, like, the culture within they grew up. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, all of this conversation about reparenting is not to place blame on anybody, but it's just to kind of realize that, hey, you know, like, there were things that either happened to me or were done to me that isn't optimal, you know, in raising an environment that should be filled with, like, love and, like, unconditional love and tenderness, you know? It's more about just bringing awareness to it right now. Yeah. So for me, I feel like kind of what struck me the most is the way that I deal with my emotions. My emotions are very, very volatile. I am a very volatile person, (laughs) as you know very well. No comment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When I get angry, I get really, really angry. And it's like, sometimes I see red and like, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, and it's, it's like anger that sometimes when it's so angry like it manifests into tears and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yelling and it it's so irrational but it's also that's the example that was given to me by my particularly my mom when she got really angry or really upset with us as children like that's what she would do you know she would yell she would cry um And that's just the way that I understood that emotion. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, I don't know a way of dealing with my emotions that's very calm (laughs) because I I never had that example. Um, I mean, like, with my dad, like, he was very, like, in all of these situations where my mom was a lot more expressive, my dad was more stoic until he snapped. And then when he snapped, it was, like, extreme anger. It was, like, scary like with yeah, my mom yeah. it was kind of you see it more often so you're kind of not scared by it but you're like uh 
not not fun when she does that but like with my dad it was like scary i feel like it's the same dynamic with my parents as well yeah it's like my mom would be so upset and angry and then my dad would just want to chill and then my mom would like come at him for saying why aren't you doing anything and then once he actually does something like all hell breaks loose you know what i mean because he snaps and then there's like no real stopping that but that's the thing is that like yeah you see that's that's your example of what emotions are you know like you have like two sides of the coin where it's like okay like really emotional Mm -hmm. from your mother and then like snaps from your father and so like i inherited i guess both of us inherited like both of those things and i feel like you kind of take more after your dad because you don't really get angry you're a lot better about controlling your emotions until you snap and then you like go off so that's why like when we argue if you're going off on me, then I'm like, okay, I really fucked up. So for me, it's more of like yelling, 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 yelling. And like, why aren't you yelling back at me? And like, for me, like, I want to have yell a fight. Back. It's just... Yeah, but it's like, you're in a lot more control than I am. Yeah, it's less, it's less blackout for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So but I do have moments like, yeah, like where it does come to a certain boiling point. And then, yeah, when I do snap, it's kind of yeah I man i've seen you i've seen you go red and that it is scary <laughs> not Christ. not at me not, not to, yeah, to, yeah. My, to my mom particularly i think she's the only one that could that could really make my blood boil in that it's way it's the people that know you best <laughs> yeah it's like she just knows like the buttons to push but it comes to a point where like we've had so many of these fits that she just thinks like that's who i am and that like i take that into every relationship that i have mm-hmm. but it's it's really i've never seen it yeah, yeah before and that, and that's before what, you were arguing with your mom yeah because we had that huge argument when we were on vacation together yeah. in miami and and that was like a whole new side that nina's never seen and yeah like what i tried to have my mom understand too while i was in the heat of getting that angry was like why are you the only person that sees me like this? I'm like, I've literally been with Nina for two years and a half that time. And I was like, and like, she's never seen this side of me. Like no one sees this side of me except for my mom. And then I tried to help like make her understand that like, there's a deeper rooted issue here. Like, you know, because we just, we just get on each other in that way. And um, yeah, I definitely can reach boiling points and be seen as a whole different human being where, yeah, a blackout and see red, which it sucks that I make you feel that way sometimes, but... But that's the thing. So, like, what's always been really interesting is that when I was growing up, I would get into huge fights with my mom. Like, she Mm -hmm. would be the only person... I mean, besides, like, my brother and my dad, because, you know, like, they're all in the same room. But, like, she would really be the only person that could bring that animal out of me, really. And she would always say like why are you so nice to other people like why do you always show other people this super kind side of you and i get this ugly side of you and she would always say that you know like in her own way in vietnamese and like mm-hmm. i never really understood it like i didn't understand why it was that like i was so mean to her sometimes or so angry with her sometimes and i think that now in reflecting a part of it i i mean obviously like i don't think it's all of it but a part of it i think is because i would see my mom get really angry with us like yell at us and like get so so upset and Mm -hmm. like really expressive with us and then the second that the phone rings you know when someone's calling she's like oh hello 
you know, or like we're outside and then someone walks by that she knows and then it's like, oh, you know, like everything's fine. So oh, I think I've seen you switch like that too. Yeah. And it's like, I can actually do it way more seamlessly than you can because yeah, we've been in public and you're upset and you just will sh- like you'll shut I down. Can't, I can't switch it like that. Yeah. I can't just like talk to the next person with like a whole different demeanor. But I can turn it on. Yeah. Because that's what I learned. Like I learned that you can turn on and off your emotions like mm-hmm. that you know and like i'll still feel it i'll feel the rage inside but like i'm not gonna let other people see me like that it's like isolated almost it's yeah like just isolated towards me i or put it in a little box with yeah then, but it doesn't it doesn't like see it's whoever i'm closest to and that's why i think like this is also kind of the part that's messed up about it is that like I never shared this side of me that you know, you know, that's like, re- like that can get really angry or really upset. I never showed the side to other people that I've dated before, probably because I've never been as close with them as I am with you, where, you know, like, we're literally, fa- like, we're family. So it means you love me the most. That's the thing is that, to me, it's, like, it's almost like I rationalized it in my head as like, but that's how you know that I love you. Like a communication like, of love, right? Yeah, but that's, that's so messed up mm-hmm. that, like... For me yeah, to show like, you I that... Yeah, because I take it like she hates me, and then I'm like, I don't know But I'm like, do. no, like, you don't know how much I love you, because, like, I remember on my 22nd birthday, like, I got so upset with you that I was, like, yelling and screaming, and, like, we had just started dating, we were dating for a month, and my friends were like, who is this person that's, like, bringing this out of Nina? Like, we've never seen her act like this before, and I'd never acted that way in front it's of like my a friends red before. red flag. Yeah, to them, they, well, to them, they were like, who the fuck is this guy? And, like, to me, I was like, no, no, you don't get it. Like, I love him so much that, like, that, like, he's the only person that can, like, bring this out of me. And it, it's, it's so weird because it's so wrong and it's so bad. And that kind of tells you, like, how much trauma that I really needed to work through that I still need mm-hmm. to work through. Because the way that I understand emotions and the best way to express yourself is so convoluted with, like, it's, like, the louder that you can be like, the better you're conveying your emotions, but, like, that's, it's just so irrational. Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like, for me, like, there was a lot of ways that that manifested into, like, other parts of my life where, you know, like, I wasn't allowed to be really angry or sad, and, like, I couldn't be, like, upset about things, because it would, yeah, and, like, it was my responsibility and my brother's responsibility to regulate my parents' happiness, you know, like, if, we were upset they were they would be upset at us for being upset it it sucks to admit these things it sucks to admit that this childhood that you remember that was so beautiful and like these people that you love so much can also cause you know like lasting trauma yeah and but the thing is i don't feel like any of it is like intended that way it just no happens, none right? of it yeah and i don't think that I think, I mean, obviously I can't speak for everyone's families and it, there's a whole range of trauma, you know, yeah. that's passed down from parent to child. But for my parents, like 100%, like they did it all out of love, mm-hmm. you know, and it was their way of disciplining me. And I, I gained a lot of really positive, um, like attributes and like a lot of positive associations with the ways that they raised me. But I also inherited a lot of things that, you know, I don't deal with properly. And it translates into my relationship with you, my relationship to my work. Like, I'm an intense overachiever because I was taught that that was my value. And, like, that's why I attribute so much of my identity to my career. But it's like, I am also a person, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that just stems from, you know, like, if you don't get good grades, then it's like, what are you, (laughs) what are you doing? What is your value? You know? And, like, there's just, there's so much. Like, there's so much to unpack. And I think when I I really realized it, it... 
it hit it hurt it really hurt yeah i feel like every single person that i've like met on a deeper level and and like had a chance to learn about their history and relationship with their parents it it usually explains so much about their character and why they do certain things that they do um and i just found that with like a lot of my friends a lot of like you know my past relationships like and even with like myself and how i view the world like everything is based on the way you've been parented and like Mm -hmm. yeah like that's why that's why we have to be really conscious of like what we tell our child because and and how we treat our child because Mm -hmm. that's all ways that you know this whole world and their way of loving and and just like everything you know it gets it gets reflected in that way based on on how you parent and yeah it's crazy like as we get older we can really see how i mean especially once you like really think about the topic at hand and like and really try to break it all down that's when you realize you know how much your parents have affected your personal life and how yeah. you know it's not necessarily you it's not your temperament it's not it's still something that you can change and you yeah. can break the cycle and the habit it's just it just takes that moment to be aware of it even just talking to somebody you know it, it helps a lot you know what i mean like being able to, to talk to friends and talk yeah because i mean these are deeper issues or like deeper things that you know you you can't really just talk with to anybody but you know it's good to like find some people that you can and that you can actually trust man you, you don't want to tell people yeah. shit like this and then they're gonna like use it against you go listen to our toxic friends uh podcast yeah like my fr- yeah yeah don't don't that guy used it against don't me do man. That, i was but... pretty mad but yeah um, so anyways yeah. we're getting off topic but i think that also like i mean the idea of reparenting yourself and like loving your inner child and it's like that idea of like giving your inner child a hug mm-hmm. you know and talking to yourself and affirming that you know you deserve love you deserve like all these things that you didn't have as a child and like even if I think about the way that I deal with stress I remember growing up and like I was very well aware of like our financial situation you know like I would see my parents fight about money I would see like my mom would like talk to us about money and like it was a very outward way of dealing with stress which is why when i encounter stressful situations in my life i will tell you about it i'll like stomp around the house and like huff and puff and like you know like it's a very it's very outward so Mm -hmm. it's it's just it just goes to show like how pervasive it is like in every aspect of your life and yeah i feel like i've just gotten to a point now especially with us raising our own child where i just want to do better yeah like like we've been reading a book that was like how to be like awesome parents or i don't even remember the title but like it's like you know, great it's like yeah things great parents great, do things great parents do yeah, yeah so it's it like it's about how you know like literally like language matters yeah. everything that you say to your child matters and and that book hit home for me because like because like my a, a lot of things was like yeah like rewording things right like when your child does something you know amazing or great you yeah. can't be like you're so great or you're so smart or you're the best you know what yeah. i mean and and when I when we read that part, I was like, damn, like that makes sense. Like, so like what it really is trying to say is that like you should be complimenting the action and not the person. Like you yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. saying you're so great, you can say something like, oh my god, you were able to read all the letters in the alphabet really well. You know, so it's like something that they did that was yeah, great, yeah. not them as a person. Because you as a person just having a value attributed to it, like what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You're the best. What does that mean? You know. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Like for me, I've always received so much praise and love from my parents. Which, I mean, if you think about it, it sounds like such a great thing, right? And mm-hmm. and it is. Like there's there's a lot of positives. In a to, lot like, of ways, you're very secure. Yeah, and that's great. 
But in the same time, like there is like a little bit too much, right? When you get too much appraise and it, it kind of builds like these certain complexes in the child, mm-hmm. right? So then when they do, I mean, the book broke it down as well. Like when they do like, when they not succeed in something, right? If they do something poorly, yeah. then it, it's, it's like life shattering. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, it's very, yeah, it's like a knife with two swords. Like, it's kind of like when, or, is that a knife with two swords? It's knife a double-edged sword. <laughs> a knife with two swords. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely wrong. It's a double-edged sword, but double it was also sword. it's also like a situation where like you were so taught and it was so ingrained in you that if you don't try at something, you are naturally so talented. Mm. And so then when you do try and you don't do very well, then you're like, oh shit, like I don't ever want to try because I don't ever want to feel like I'm not great at something. Yeah. you know so it's like and it that, makes it really hard for you to apply yourself and that's what i mean like like obviously like none of this was with malicious intent from my parents you know what i mean like it's, yeah. it's just, well i mean it's praise too, usually comes from love from extreme excessive love, love. Right? <laughs> excessive love but the thing is like yeah there would be things that were shocking to them and i mean shocking to myself as well like like um in grade two like i had multiple choice or something on a test and and there was a lot of things i didn't know the answers to and i just didn't circle anything and the teachers were like they called my parents and they're like we just we just thought that was really weird or concerning because it's like how he could have literally circled anything just guess right but i just didn't want to do that because it's that kind of it's that complex you'd rather just not do it i'd rather just yeah or like and there was so many things i just didn't hand in because i was like kind of you kind of have that like fear of failure at that point because like you've been so appraised and and you feel like oh everything and that was the biggest thing too with me and my relationship with basketball is because every single time like my dad would be like you're the best you're the greatest out here and i almost felt like i didn't even really need to practice because that that was never something that was like you know uh, put as a priority like my dad yeah. would just immediately tell me i'm the best and i never practice so you know it, it gives you that complex of like i'm better these than these people who are constantly training but that's not really the case you know what i mean and if i'm not better than then i have that excuse to fall back on like oh that's because i don't practice or i don't train yeah. or whatever it may be you so, always have an excuse exactly and that's that's something that i've realized is like the psychological effect of you know too much praise on on a young child you know what i mean it's interesting because like our experiences are so opposite like for me it was it wasn't that my that's parents why you're broke more successful me. than me yeah <laughs> but that's the thing is that it's it's not that my parents broke me down but they really taught me that hard work is like is what gets is you what gets you there mm-hmm. yeah and like you know obviously there is a lot of other factors but for me i was taught that if you like my dad literally verbatim is like just put your head down and do your work and like it's very much that idea of you know like the american dream and like that if you do hard work people will notice and that's not always the case especially when you're talking about people that deal with like systemic racism and things like that but it, i was very much raised on that principle and so I truly believe that if I work hard, then I will get whatever I want in life. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have it, then I just have to work harder. And it builds this whole complex around success and about achievement and like overachievement, you mm-hmm. know? And like, yeah, it goes back to that idea of like finding value in yourself as a worker, as someone that achieves things. And if you're not winning, then what are you? Yeah. And that's you why know? I feel like there's like a happy medium, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to go back to like my relationship with basketball and how my dad was just like you're always the best i think you know if a method that could have been taken was like you know you have talent but talent is not enough and if you want to take yeah yeah, like if you (laughs) want to take this more seriously like you're gonna have to take these steps and really work hard at it you know what i mean instead of like oh you're just the best and like you're better than those people and if and let's say if someone beat me in basketball it'd be like 
oh no, like I, you know, I, either it'd be really confusing to my dad and he'd be like, you know, you know, come off on me like, what the hell were you thinking or what were you doing or why did you do that stupid pass or why did you do this? Or it's like, or it's like, oh no, those people suck. Like they just had a lucky day or like yeah. all this shit, you know what I mean? Like you're the best. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So like it, it never really had that like realistic, I never had that realistic view of like. It was a very warped of, like, perception yeah, exactly. of reality. Exactly. And that's the, but like you're so young and, and yeah. all you really know is like what you're being taught and what you kind of see. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I wasn't able to see out of that because my dad was my idol, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, anything that my parents told me, like I really respect it and I, I still do, but it's just like, you got to kind of take it with a grain of saw and understand that like there's other ways of viewing the world now as well and i think yeah it's important to like to like be able to like balance it out in a sense you know what i mean like we talk so much much yeah Yeah. we talk so much about how we want to raise blue and any potential children that we may have in the future but yeah like i mean we both like neither of the way that we were parented is perfect Mm -hmm. and there were things with both of our childhoods that were great and things that weren't so great and so we'll definitely make mistakes yeah i think like for us like what we strive to do is really be realistic and encouraging and loving and like all those things like unconditional love but not unconditional praise Mm -hmm. you know and like for me like what i really what i personally want to work on is getting a better handle of my emotions and that's not to you know like it's not the other extreme that's like be emotionless you know like that's not the opposite the opposite the opposite is being you know rational being and in like, control I think yeah actually yeah it's not even rational it's just yeah being in better control and expressing it in ways that are healthier so for me it's not just in the way that I communicate with blue like I very much have to work on the way that I communicate with you huh that rhymed but it's because mm-hmm. like you know like he's gonna see the way that I interact with you yeah and I don't want to tell him one thing and do another thing because he will not listen to what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. will replicate exactly what I do. And I don't want to pass on that type of really poor way of dealing with my emotions onto him. And like, it's even, it's not even kind of in the things that I do or say. Like, I also notice that when I'm really upset with you, like, I will completely shut, like, when I'm really upset, I'll completely shut down and I won't talk to you. And I'll just do, like, the silent treatment. And guess what? That's something that I learned from my mom. <laughs> and it's something that I really hated. It's something that I, I like hated. It doesn't that doesn't she... happen that often anymore. Yeah, not so much because... You've been I, getting better. I try to, like, talk myself out of it. But that's the thing is that, you know, even though I can turn it on and off to other people, like, I will sit here and just, like, fume. You know, like, mm. I can't get over it. Like, you will be upset with me, but then you'll always come over and, like, you'll kiss me and be like, I love you. Like, but for me, like, it physically, like, hurts me to say I love you even though I do. But it's just, like, <laughs> I don't feel love right now. You know, like, I feel yeah. anger. And, like, it's so hard to get out of that cloud. But I constantly have to talk myself through it because there's a part of my brain that's like, Nina, you don't want to be this person. Like, Nina, you need to communicate admitting it is the first step yeah and that's the thing is that every single time like i feel like it gets better and that's why arguments have gotten like they go by a lot faster yeah and it's not because we're sweeping it under yeah it's not because we're sweeping it under the rug but it's because like i'm able to be like okay like that's not a great way of communicating you know like just yelling at the top of your lungs is not really going to communicate effectively what you want to say because usually when i get upset with you what you end up doing is getting defensive mm-hmm. and that's you learn that from where from everyone in my life yeah <laughs> <laughs> from, my, from my yeah from my mom for sure actually the, from both my mom and my dad but that's the thing is that like it's just like literally Super everything defensive. about us it's honestly like our parents are dating each other you yeah. know because like we i know but it's yeah. like but it's like <laughs> i see what you the mean. things that we inherited mean. like we are yeah, our yeah. own people and we select like 
I, I remember I finally told my mom, like, <laughs> I was like, you know that the reason I am the way that I am is because of you, right? She was like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and She's I was shocked. like, yes. Like, I, I mean, we're all subconsciously acting in ways that... But the thing is yeah. that, like, she didn't even realize that. And, like, she thought that I was blaming her. And I was like, I'm not blaming you because, you know, like, I know that you love me and I know you did it out of love. But you have to realize that if you don't understand why I get so upset with you and I act the way that I am when I'm so upset... Like, you do have to look at the way that you act when you're really upset. And where did I learn that from? You know? Mm. And, like, why do I snap? Because I learned that from my dad. And it's, like, you have to realize as parents that the things that you do are replicated in your child. You know? And so, yeah, when I, it was so interesting to me because I was like, how did you never consider that before? That the things that you did have a direct effect on me. And I think for them, they were like, the things that they say to us... I think they thought carried more weight than what we actually saw, but it very much is, like, what you see. <laughs> and I feel like these things, like, we hear, uh, like, quite often, like, subtly in, like, movies and stuff where they're like, you're being just like your mother. And they're like, yeah. don't say that. And then yeah. like, But, like, yeah, like, sometimes, like, our, you know, our uglier sides or even, like, things we do, like, is, is a mirror of, of, like, our family, our parents. Yeah. So. It's the beautiful things, too. You know, the yeah, great things about the us. The great things, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> it's about changing the negatives. The things that can be worked on. Yeah. So this is a good place to do our plug for Policy Genius. If you guys aren't familiar, it is a life insurance marketplace. And when you're shopping for life insurance, there can be a lot of questions that come up, like how much coverage you need, what's the best company, and how much does it even cost? And so at a time like this, it's more important than ever to have life insurance, but it can be a little bit complicated to go out and shop for it. So that's where Policy Genius comes in. They are, like I said, a life insurance marketplace and they will find you the best possible price. They handle all the red tape, all of the legal. They compare a bunch of quotes from the top companies and it just takes a couple of minutes to compare them and you could be saving up to $1,500 or more a year. So if you need life insurance but you're not sure where to start, make sure you head to policygenius.com. They will find you the best rate, handle the complete process, and they'll get you and your family protected and hopefully give you one less thing to worry about. So try it out today. So when we're thinking about healing and nurturing your inner child, like there are things that you can say. Some of these are, I love you, I hear you, you didn't deserve this, I'm sorry, you did your best. Like all of these things I feel like are things that I could, I should honestly say to myself on a regular basis because I feel like I can pinpoint a lot of different times in my life where that should have been said to me instead of the things that were said to me. And... I feel like I keep bringing up this idea of like overachieving, but what it really comes down to is kind of you become an overachiever because you think that if you get good grades, if you like, I don't know, do what your parents like ask you to do, um, if you act accordingly, then that will make you lovable. You know, like your their love is on the condition that you act a certain way, that you are a certain way, mm -hmm. but you should be loved regardless, you know? And like, there are definitely times growing up that even though I know now that my parents did it all out of love and that they do love me very much, there were definitely times where I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Do you even love me? You know? And, like, I don't think that as a child you should ever feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times, like, when me and my brother would express, like, how we feel, it wouldn't ever be understood or it would kind of be like, oh, you're being dramatic. You know, mm -hmm. like, if we're crying about something, like, the very common phrase is, like, quit crying or I'll give you something to cry about, you know? And it's like, your emotions should be valid. Mm -hmm. And 
like if your parents do wrong by you like they should be able to say that they're sorry you know but i i never felt that when i was in an argument with my mom i what every single time that i was in an argument with my mom i had to be the one to say that i was sorry even if it wasn't my fault i would have to say that i was sorry and like beg and grovel until she would talk to me again and that's just because that's the way that she dealt with her emotions and eventually when i was in high school i understood that and so that's why i knew that you know like that's just the way that my mom is and so if i'm going to make amends with her then that's just something that i have to do and yeah. so that's why even with us like I'm not afraid to say that I'm sorry. I'm not afraid to admit that I'm wrong. But I feel like even when we argue sometimes, like, you'll get defensive and you won't admit that you were the one that was wrong. But for me, like, it's, it's, I don't have, like, the ego and pride, you know, to, like, never say that I'm sorry. Because, yeah, like, yeah. even if I'm not wrong, like, I'll, I'll still say it sometimes. Yeah, but I've had experiences with people that, like, really, like, under no circumstance can say they're sorry. Or it's just really tough for them to do so. And you just yeah. have to, you just have to just be the... The bigger person so to speak and just say listen i don't want to argue about this i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. even though it's not your fault yeah but, but i mean it's also like even if like you didn't instigate it or things you know like situations escalate and it takes two to tango so <laughs> mm, yeah definitely. but those are some ways that you can heal and nurture your inner child like i think a lot of introspection and just sitting with it you know like allowing the trauma and the hurt to like wash over you and to ad- address it yeah, and it can't really be anyone else's responsibility except for your own. Yeah, like, don't project it onto your partner because, you know, I do that sometimes to you. Like, I'll, yeah. I will I don't project my issues onto you, but I think that I project my emotions onto you. And that, again, was something that was done onto me. And, you know, like, that's not a healthy way to deal with your emotions. And I would also say, like, don't expect your parents to change. You know what I mean? So yeah, everybody. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like I you got to do the work for you. I feel like the classic example is always like that kid that just wants to hear like their parents say they're proud of them or something yeah. like that or like receive that that word of affirmation. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to come to terms to the fact that like it's it's not anyone's responsibility but your own. And yeah. sometimes you'll just never hear that from that person. Like how many times in movies do you see like the father die and say i'm not proud of you you know what i mean like it just fucks up the kid's life forever but but it's also just like understanding a lot of this is understanding that you don't need somebody else's validation you know and i think that i learned like i now like i live my life without seeking approval or validation from anybody like even Mm -hmm. from you you know and like i feel like that for me is very healthy um because i'm able to validate myself and i don't seek other people to you know gas me up or like make me feel like i'm a good person or a kind person yeah and like i think that in a lot of ways like i had to tell myself these things and even though like i've you know, like, I would tell myself in the mirror, I love you and, like, all of these things. And that was more related to, like, how I dealt with, like, my body image issues. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in a lot of ways I've been able to, through introspection, like, deal with a lot of these things. And it's only recently that I really, like, I think the most painful thing for me was realizing that it was so directly caused by my parents. I think a lot of the times that I would try to heal these things within myself and all, a lot of the work that I did, I was just saying, oh, you know, like, you're just like this. And I was healing these things that I was just like. But yeah. I think for me, what was really hard and what might be hard for a lot of people that really love and adore their parents is realizing that your parents aren't perfect mm-hmm. and that the way that you were treated sometimes wasn't right. And I think, like, coming to terms with that dyad, like, loving somebody so much and also realizing that they cause you harm, like, I think that was really painful for me. Mm -hmm. And, like, even 
even now like it's it's hard for me yeah to... i think a lot of that is just like it's just because i feel like our parents are unaware of like what mm-hmm. what effect that really does have on somebody and and i think because even they're i mean 100 percent our parents are victims of that as well like from their parents you yeah know what i mean it's just something that continues down down the line and even with like body image like sometimes you know even like the things that your parents say have like a negative effect and and they probably don't realize what they're doing yeah my mom would always be like oh you gained weight and i'm like yeah i i know that i don't need you to point it <laughs> out and she's like i point it out because i love you wouldn't you want somebody that like to tell you so you're aware and i'm like i am fucking aware i don't need you to tell yeah, me yeah. they and don't so realize that's the, thing the effect she, of it it comes out of love yeah. And that's the thing is everything comes out of love, but I'm like, I don't need that negativity in my and that, life. <laughs> and that's what and that's what took me some time to like understand too that like I mean my dad would always be like, Oh, you're so skinny, like why are you so skinny? You need to eat more, you need to be bigger, right? You know what I mean? Like all this stuff, you need to be stronger. And like I, I used to let it really get to me and just be like, Man, like I would try and like get really offended when he called me skinny. But now I'm just kind of like, I'm happy with my body and I don't really care. And I understand that, like, he's saying it in a way, like, out of love because, like, he wants what's best for me. And he thinks, like, if I was big and strong would be, like, best for me. But that's just, like, not really what I want in life. So I think, like, it's just coming to terms to that and just, like, understanding that, like, what they are are saying is still out of love. Yeah, Yeah. they're human. They make mistakes and they're unaware of, like, the effect that their words may have on, on their children and... But yeah, so like what happened to me is, you know, it's it's actually relatively common. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of like helicopter parenting and like over parenting, which I think is prevalent in a lot of different cultures. And what happened to you is overvaluing. And so it's actually really interesting. Like there have been studies that show that kids that are overvalued are a lot of them end up becoming narcissists or they're more likely to become narcissists. And we come from a long line of narcissists, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even, yeah, like, my impression of Serbia when we visited, I was like, these are some very proud people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's instilled in the culture, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like the whole world revolves around Serbia. Yeah, especially former Yugoslavia, but... Yeah, so it's, it's just, it goes to show that, you know, like, breaking your kids down or building them up way too high, like, two extremes can have very very detrimental effects yeah i guess and like i definitely do see a bit of a narcissist i wouldn't call you a narcissist but i do see like narcissistic tendencies yeah i mean and i can admit that in myself i definitely see it sometimes you know what i mean yeah. like when we i look, in the, when I look in the mirror for too long it happens you but know? that's not what narcissism <laughs> is like narcissism is believing like you know like that the world revolves around you and so for those of you guys that don't really know narcissism is it's an actual mental condition so that's why i say that i feel like you have tendencies i don't know that i would classify you as a narcissist but it's a condition where people have an inflated sense of their own Mm self-importance um and it's like a deep need for attention for admiration you tend to have troubled relationships and also a lack of empathy i'm reading this off of google but i mean just off the bat just off of that you know type in what is narcissism what pops up like i can already see a lot of it in you whereas it's interesting when we were say reading a lot i would say some of the things i wouldn't say a okay lot. inflated sense of own importance check well yeah a deep need for excessive attention well yeah check. <laughs> admiration check okay uh and troubled rest. relationships Nah, I yeah, have a great guys, relationship. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Do I have um, trouble with Lack of empathy for others? Yes. Check. Yeah, I guess. You know what? Actually, fuck. Reality check, huh? Yeah, it's... Yeah, I guess that does... does kind of explain me. 
Yeah, 100%. You're getting better. I'm a product of my parents. I know, know? but that's the thing is that, like, you are, but it's also, you are also your own person. So the same where it's like, you know, like, the trauma that happened to me is not of my choosing, but the way that I move forth in my life and the way that I process it is my choosing. Yeah. And so even though, you know, these things seem like it's very much you. (laughs) It's just about Um, bringing awareness to it and then trying to change it. Yeah, I think being that, aware of it—that's the thing. Because a lot of, because it was kind of ingrained in us at such a young age, and it's something that like we see in our parents as well, and and it's just like a way that we, because I mean, we look to our parents as to like how to become adults, right? So yeah, we see that in them. It's ingrained in us, and I think a lot of the actions are very subconscious at that point. You're not really even thinking about it, but you're doing it. And I can definitely say like when I am being a little bit more of like a narcissist, like I can. I can realize that I'm acting from a place where I'm not really like stopping to think about it and be conscious of my behavior and my actions. Yeah. And I think that's why like bringing awareness to it is really important because then it's easier for you to catch it when it does happen. And like obviously like also not being in denial about it because I think like if you're in denial about it then you're never really going to change. Like admitting is the first step and then bringing awareness to it and consciously making an effort to to break that habit and and to become a better person, you know what I mean? Because yeah. being a narcissist, like, is not is not a good thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Fuck, so, I can't believe we just realized in this podcast that you're a narcissist. Well, I feel like sometimes, though, tendencies. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not all the time. But, but that's the thing is that, like, I feel like a lot of these features that you do have we've talked about before and we've addressed them individually Mm -hmm. without ever putting it together to be like oh this is what it is they're all linked to each other and it's all manifested itself in this way Mm -hmm. you know like we've definitely talked about the fact that you know like you need a lot of admiration and compliments from other people or that like you tend to think you know like it's, it's what you're talking about where it's like you feel like you are like this really great person because you got all of this praise and that you don't need to try mm-hmm. you know like i feel like we kind of talked about or even the lack of empathy that one's hilarious to me because i feel like we talked about that recently <laughs> um it happens sometimes yeah like i think it's, it's hard for you sometimes to like put yourself in other people's shoes yeah so let's go back to what you said so for me it was overvaluing which led to an inflated sense of self some narcissistic nar- some little narcissistic <laughs> tendencies just a little you know, sprinkle sprinkle <laughs> things like things of that nature you know what i mean and for you it was overparenting yeah so what what kind of what kind of goes in that realm like, like what, what happens to people that are overparented yeah I like mean, if you had to break it down like in the sense like how you just kind of broke down like, <laughs> also you, my whole also situation since i broke you down you want me to break myself down now. no no no, not break yourself down i mean break the topic down you know what i mean yeah or break like the uh you know what what it what it leads into and things like that so i mean there are a lot of dangers i feel like to overparenting or a lot of like negative effects that it can have um the first one that comes to mind is not being able to cope very well so like just very inefficient at coping whether that's with stress emotions like that's kind of the whole topic Mm -hmm. that we like have covered today so just my inability to cope with negative emotions i would say Mm -hmm. um and then usually that leads to like a greater level of stress which i do generally feel like i'm a more stressed person than you are um also because i feel like what i witnessed was a constant state of stress and so then i learned to live my life in a constant state of stress um and also like higher levels of depression um and this is just doing a quick google um and i mean obviously there are critics of overparenting and there are people that 
you know, support it. There's, like, a bunch of spectrums yeah, yeah, of, of people that feel a certain way about it. But I do really believe that it does lead to higher levels of depression because it is something that I directly dealt with. And when I told my parents that I was depressed, when I told them that I was suicidal, like, they didn't believe me because they were like, how is that possible? Like, we raised you and we see you every single day. Like, in again it was a manifestation of invalidating my emotions it was saying you don't feel that way you're wrong but i do feel this way and i think that for them they were like oh like you if you don't need a therapist i was like i genuinely want to talk to somebody and they were like you don't need a therapist what you can tell them you can tell us and i was like you don't understand that's the issue i can't talk to you yeah you don't understand that is the root of it it's like invalidating and we are at like a different age where like depression is like at a i would say like a record breaking high like the amount of of like people that have anxiety people that and depression, have anxiety yeah. and depression i think it's a lot of these things like yeah i mean together. like social media is a big cause of it and you know just like it's just the way our world is now and i think that we can't expect our parents to kind of relate in that sense because they're like well why are you de-? like it doesn't make sense to yeah. them because they don't have the same exposure to yeah. kind of everything that we do you know what i mean and what i imagine the younger generation will like you know don blue's generation like those are they're all going to go through things that we won't necessarily understand but it, it's in it's in our it's in our place to try and just stay educated and and like you know validate what they're feeling and what they're telling I think us that's the even if we don't thing, understand like, it i think that would have like that has like the biggest effect in my personal opinion, is that if my parents validated the way that I felt, even when I was injured, and I would be like, this hurts, they'd be like, no, it doesn't, drink some water, you're Mm -hmm. fine. You know, like, if they had just validated what I felt, what I was experiencing, whether that was joy, whether that was sadness, whether that was anger, I think that I would feel heard more, and I think that a lot of my root of my depression and I like it comes in waves like there are definitely times where I'm like oh like that was just a thing I experienced in high school you know like I'm not depressed anymore but I definitely do get bouts of depression and I think for me a lot of it is tied to like my idea of self and like not living up to that and like always feeling like I need to be this perfect version of myself and when I fall short of that that's when like my depression kicks in whether that's Mm -hmm. like with relationships or my work um or with like friendships like anything anything that i can pick myself apart at that's what i start to do and then it becomes a really unhealthy cycle and um yeah like it's this is like i feel like a whole other podcast that we could talk about um because it is it is layered as hell (laughs) um but yeah like that's that's another effect of over parenting so Mm -hmm. like that's not to say that all these things happen to everybody they definitely all happen to me um and i think in a lot of ways like it's really normalized you know like the idea that we live in a constant state of stress or that like everybody that i know is constantly hustling constantly feeling like they're not doing enough even though you're going to school working a job have a side hustle like how is that not enough you Mm -hmm. know and like what were we taught at such a young age that everything that we're doing is not enough and like it's so normal and it's interesting that like we just have such different experiences <laughs> yeah I'm like because the <laughs> you're the exact opposite and i never really met anybody like you before because everybody that i know opposite is always track. yeah but, like everybody that i know is like so high strung you know is yeah, so yeah. like i'm trying to achieve 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 whereas you're like i'm just trying to fucking chill <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i mean at the end of the day like these are 
our own experiences and how like our parenting has affected us and like we said like there's so many nuances so many other things that like come into play and like you know like over parenting or overvaluing could affect you in a very very different way because of mm-hmm. the culture that you're raised in because of you know like other circumstances but yeah like it's I feel like it was important for me to want to share this because I feel like it was something that I kept so deep inside of myself that felt so like a lot of these traits are so integral to who I believed I was as a person Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's reassuring to even just read articles about it being like a thing you know that it reaffirms that like okay it didn't just happen to me and like it's something that I can work through that there are things that I can do to work through it so yeah like these are just our own experiences but I wanted to share that with you guys, and I hope that some of you guys out there can find some solace in it. Um, yeah, if you're if you're at all curious about it, just look up overparenting. <laughs> just look up he- like healing your inner child, and yeah. you'll find a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff on it. Yeah, because there's so many different ways that it can like affect the person, and like I said earlier, like each person, like they their kind of traits and like their behaviors are usually passed down from their parents and the parenting style. So. I think like it's it's important for you to like understand yourself from that and understand like why certain people are the way they are as well and it helps you to better understand people too. I yeah. think and like give a little bit of compassion. Like I don't think that you should put up with, you know, like abusive behaviors and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, just because you can understand it or understand why someone's acting that way, but I think that it helps us all kind of understand each other a little bit better. Like, Mm -hmm. for me, when I understood the way that you were raised, I understood you better. And I understood why you did the things that you did, why, you know, you need, like, constant compliments from me, or, like, why you're a words person, and why I'm not a words person. Yeah. Like, it's not so interesting. Like, our love languages are so different because of the ways in which words were used to us. Yeah. For you, words gave you value. To me, words did not. (laughs) And words were something that I learned, like, don't hold value. So this is a heavy one and a long one, but it felt like a conversation that I really, really wanted to have this week. And I am glad that we did because I feel a little bit lighter. Me too. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to chat with you about this. And as always, I hope that you guys have a fantastic day. You can follow us at Needs and Deans. I am your girl, Needs. And I'm Dale's Day Off. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.